0: 3 two, one. This is The Insider's Podcast. I thought it would be kind of cool to create protein bars, healthy edible alternative. We put together these power plant protein bars and they were infused protein bars with superfoods in them and we actually ended up selling them at about four or five shops in Toronto.
1: Colin Bambury, he's a guy who popped onto my social media radar a while back and in only a few years he's become a respected leader in cannabis marketing. I wanted to ask him what it is about the cannabis space that inspires him to put in all the work. So here is his story.
0: Welcome to the Insiders Podcast. You're a lacrosse guy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you knew that, but yeah, that was uh, lacrosse is kind of the only sport that I've ever played. Uh, I used to play rep lacrosse and. Played for about 10 years
1: well I have to snoop around the internet and look at the people I'm talking to beforehand right and I found some YouTube clips and things and actually somewhere you got a bio somewhere that says you're like into hip-hop lacrosse and men's fitness that was like your thing
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty accurate for sure no that lacrosse has been super special to me do
1: you still play lacrosse
0: uh I don't at, at the moment it's kind of once you hit a certain level in lacrosse it's like either go pro or you kind of have to stop playing yeah um, there's not a ton of uh just for fun leagues but it was really great. It taught me a lot of discipline, and it was really fun, kind of throughout my high school years and a little bit after that as well. It's one of those sports
1: that is cool. I played a, a year or two of uh, lacrosse myself. I liked it. Um, I didn't play for long, but it, I liked. It was kind of like slightly violent. You know, you got all your buddies and you're <laughs> all trying to be tough guys, and it was it was fun in for my sure. teenage years. Right. Um, it, it's funny though because it is a fun sport. Super cool, but it hasn't really taken off the same way as other sports. You know what I mean? And even if you did go pro, you'd probably still have to have a full time job going on on the side.
0: Yeah, like I have a friend I grew up with that I also played with who also plays pro now. Yeah, he makes maybe like 30 grand a season at, at best. So he still has kind of a, another job on the side. Yeah. That's like some of the best players are making that. So yeah, man, it's, it's, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity there and maybe it could use its own marketing yeah. uh, help. With it, but for there sure. There
1: you go. Maybe you got to diversify, <laughs> right? You'd be the cannabis lacrosse marketing guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be unique for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. So how did you get into cannabis? Uh, great question. So I've been consuming cannabis for a long time. Uh, my parents and a lot of my family members actually use cannabis for medical purposes. Not both my parents, but one of them does. Have they always? Uh, They have always. Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't always know. Um, I, uh, when I started consuming cannabis myself, I would kind of smell cannabis around the house and I knew somebody had it. Mm. So eventually my parents told me that they'd been using it for medical purposes uh, and recreational purposes. Uh, and then I had a couple other family members who were using it for some other uh, medical applications as well. So it's kind of always been uh, something I've been familiar with. And obviously I grew up in the Toronto area where, I mean, most Canadian teenagers will smoke cannabis at least uh, once or twice. And yeah, it's something that my friends and I built an identity around while we were in high school and while, while we were kind of growing up. Um, and something that's always been very important to me. Yeah. And then the actual industry itself. So I was. Uh, living downtown Toronto, going to college, was super bored in my accounting class. Yeah. And as I was walking around downtown, I was noticing there was like dispensaries everywhere. This was in 2016, uh, kind of during the Toronto dispensary boom. That actually, might have been late 2015. Now that I think about it. How
1: old are you before you keep going? I'm
0: 25.
1: 25. Okay. Okay. Just put it into perspective.
0: So at the time, yeah, I was 20. I guess. Yeah, I was around 20. So I was yeah walking around, going to college. I kind of noticed that there were a lot of dispensaries. And to be completely honest, at the time, I didn't understand the regulations. I knew that legalization was coming. Yeah. Um, I saw the the culture and everything that was happening in California around dispensaries. And I kind of just assumed that the dispensaries here were legal, or at least that they were operating in a way that they were going to be allowed to continue operating and weren't going to be shut down. Yeah. Um, so I had a basically a concept. I, I went into one dispensary, one or two dispensaries, and noticed just kind of all of the edibles that they were selling. Uh, right. Edibles and beverages were all just kind of sugar packed, uh, not necessarily good for you. And that this was something that just didn't make sense to me because all the dispensaries at the time were branding themselves as medical cannabis shops, uh, helping patients. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they were selling sugar laden snacks. So I thought it would be kind of cool to create protein bars, a healthy edible alternative that we could potentially sell to these dispensaries. So my friend and roommate at the time, he was actually a professional chef and we put together these what we call power plant protein bars and they were infused protein bars with superfoods them really healthy for you. And we actually ended up selling at about four or five shops in Toronto.
1: So that's how you started.
0: That's the very, very beginnings. Yeah. Power plant edibles.
1: You've actually got a lot of content online, but it makes sense. You're a marketer. You actually have an article that is called "How I Made a Career in Cannabis," and you talk a bit about that, right? Um, yeah. And not that I want to stereotype cannabis, but you started skipping class, and that's when you got into cannabis.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, my my mind was wandering during uh, during class and everything. And a big thing is that I mean, the way that I got into the industry originally was through social media. I was seeing all these dispensaries. They had Instagram accounts. Yeah. They had Twitter accounts, uh, along with some of the other brands. They were. Carrying. So I mean, during my classes, while I was, yeah, kind of should have been paying attention, I was scrolling through social media and kind of learning about the industry in its infancy. So
1: you started off by teaming up with your roommate who was a chef and you made these kind of healthy alternative edible bars. And then you went around to dispensaries in your area and started to sell them, I guess, on commission.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was really lucrative for a little bit. It was super fun. We got to meet, meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah. Uh, but then the actual Project Claudia happened. So actually, so before that, I'll just back up a quick second. I started working at one of the dispensaries that we were selling the protein bars at. Um, so I was there three or four days a week. Uh, I was helping out with the tags. I was also uh, I was bud tending and also helping run their social media. We also had a little bit of a website and email marketing program going. Yeah. Again, I thought everything I was doing was completely above board until Project Claudia happened in the summer, uh, which was the Toronto-wide raid um, of several dispensaries. And I was actually on my way to work that day. I get a call from my boss and says, hey man, don't come into work today. And I'm like, why not? He said, you didn't see the news? I'm like, no. And I was actually walking past Kensington Market at the time. I looked to my right and I I see about four cop cars outside of, I believe it was Canna Clinic or yeah, something like yeah. that at the time. And I was like, holy crap, man. So he's like, yeah, dude, we're uh, we're shutting down for the day. Uh, we don't know when we're going to be back open. So um, that kind of happened. At that point, I knew I, if I wanted to stay in the cannabis industry, I had to find a way to do it uh, in a regulated yeah. sense or in a way that, because uh, I saw a lot of my peers uh, get arrested at the time. And yeah, it was scary. And it was something that I felt bad for them. I was really lucky it didn't happen to me. Um, but basically, at the time, I, I had relationships with Weed maps. Uh, Weed Maps being uh, one of the first and largest technology companies in the cannabis space. At the time, they were listing all the dispensaries, so they had a rep that would come into the store. I got to know the Weedmaps people pretty well, uh, ended up applying for a job with them. So at the time, they had specific social media channels for their Spain, Germany, and all the other countries that were they were in, but I noticed they didn't have social media accounts for Canada. So I hit them up, uh, asked them if I could create the social media accounts for Canada. Essentially, they said yes, and um, I did a little bit of work for free for a few months there, and then finally bugged them enough to hire me on and uh, kind of made me their social media manager for Canada. That evolved into a role where I was helping generate leads, uh, and then eventually, into a role where I was running the main weed map social media accounts along with doing a bunch of influencer marketing for them. I got to travel to California a bunch of times. So that was really my step into my first step into the legitimate side of the cannabis industry. And I got to kind of see the, the American side of things as well.
1: Are you self-taught uh, social media
0: guy? Uh, I So I was going to school. I was going to school for uh, marketing when I was learning all this, but I really didn't. I say that I, I kind of almost became dumber by going to college. I went to George, <laughs> George Brown College and I, I love a lot of my professors and I love everything that happened yeah. there, but it was really learning outdated materials. Everything I learned has been from from doing it myself and then also just kind of the classic people a lot of other people learn from like Gary Vaynerchuk and yeah, yeah. a lot of other entrepreneurs online. Of course.
1: Can you imagine how hard it must be though to do a marketing class in this day and age with you know everything changing so quickly? Like I know here in Calgary they have Satan they have this new digital program. They're promoting it like crazy and I'm like how much more can they teach people that are involved in social and in, in digital than we already know? Like, how is, would it be possible to drop yourself in there and for them to have more content for you?
0: No, you're right. I, I mean, I feel bad and things change day to day. It, like, it takes a certain amount of time to write a textbook, publish it, and then teach yeah. it. And it's just things move quicker like that and quicker than that. No.
1: Yeah, do you get any, like, um, there's some social media uh, organizations in the US that send, like, daily emails that say the latest in Facebook, the rule changes in Instagram. Do you get all those things and kind of read through them and just make sure that you're up to speed on how cannabis might be affected by changes and what you can do and what you can't do? Or are you just purely, you just go dive in and do it yourself?
0: Uh, a little bit of both, yeah. for sure. I definitely stay in Kind of up to date with all the all the media and everything, social media, specific media, as well as cannabis media. Um, I do run a website about cannabis marketing stuff too, so I kind of have to stay on top of things to, for everything yeah. there. And then, but yeah, I mean, my day to day is running social media pages for for cannabis brands and myself as someone who talks about cannabis content online. So I mean, yeah, it's really just learning as I go in a lot of ways. Uh,
1: let's go into your your next professional foray. I guess you went from Weed Maps. It was did you go directly into Seven Acres at that point?
0: Yeah. So I was working Weed Maps. I believe I. Uh, I left, I guess, in 2019. Yeah, April of 2019. And then I started working at uh, the Supreme Cannabis Company. Our flagship brand was Seven Acres at the time. Uh, we also had the Khalifa Kush Enterprises brand while I was there, which was really cool. We got to launch Khalifa's brand. I got to meet with Khalifa, uh, which was kind of a lifelong dream for me. It was one of the reasons I started smoking weed in well, the first place. you're a hip-hop place. guy, too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa and Kid Cudi were were literally. I listened to their music before I started smoking weed, and they yeah, they influenced me heavily for sure. So
1: you met Wiz Khalifa because he's just like a little scrawny guy. Is he just little?
0: He's really really tall, but he's he's really jacked, right? He's ripped. He had been working out. He was like, so when I met him, I think he was like, he wasn't in his final transformation yet, but he is definitely more jacked than he was at the beginning. So he was a pretty big dude, uh, but he was like super nice. I never would have expected him to be so nice. He went around, shook everyone's hand. We brought a bunch of retailers, uh, general managers from different retail shops to come to the behind the scenes. Uh, He shook everyone's hand, like looked them in the eye, said, thank you for coming. Like he was the most polite guy you could ever expect.
1: Everything I've seen with Wiz Khalifa, it's always on like YouTube or whatever. And he's got like one joint after another, after another. Does he do that when he meets you in this kind of setting or? Does he kind of dial it back a bit?
0: No, yeah, he was smoking the entire time. Yeah, backstage, <laughs> everything. Yeah, he, he didn't stop him and his crew.
1: <laughs> okay, so you worked at uh, Supreme. I said Seven Acres, but yeah, yeah, stand corrected. Supreme. Um, for how long?
0: Uh, I worked there for a year and six months, um, I believe. So yeah, I was there. While I was there, I was the consumer engagement coordinator, as well as uh, that role kind of evolved into like just being the digital uh, marketing manager. Yeah. Uh, really running all their social media channels for all the brands Seven Acres, uh, KKE. We did have other brands like Sugar Leaf and Highway, um, and a few other uh, the Supreme corporate channels itself doing that. I wrote a lot of blog content for them during that okay. time, um, and yeah, no, it was really it was a really great experience. It was it was kind of interesting to be at a licensed producer during a time yeah. where um, there was kind of a big drawback in investor sentiment and even consumer sentiment of LPs. So it was challenging, but it was also really interesting to be on the inside and kind of. Um, like just understand the truth.
1: I'm curious about the inside. Assuming that you, you're not restricted by NDAs or something, uh, take us inside there for a moment. Paint a picture. What's it like to work inside a company like that?
0: Well, I think I was lucky. I still believe that the the Supreme Cannabis Company out of all of the publicly traded large licensed yeah. producers is still probably the best one I could host to to ever work yeah. at. Um, Tons of respect for
1: those guys. I think
0: there's the challenges associated with 100%. I think there's um, a ton of challenges just associated with working in a publicly traded LP. I mean, uh, like this is something that's publicly known, but I I, so I was uh, brought in originally by John Fowler. I had messaged him personally, and he was the one who kind of um, helped me get uh, my first shot in there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, And Unfortunately, like while I was at the company, only three or four months in working he, uh, him as like the president of the company was removed from the company right. um, along with m- many of the other people that I worked with. so I mean there's obviously ch- there's obvious challenges that come with that. I was really lucky that my direct managers that I worked with like really were great people and did coach me through that in a in an interesting way but Um, Obviously, huge challenges of just losing coworkers, losing people I looked up to within the organization. Um, Obviously, the the day-to-day stress of the stock price, I didn't understand the stock market at all before I started working at Supreme. To be honest, I don't even think I understood we were a publicly traded company or what that even meant before I started working at Supreme. Uh, And throughout, I learned more about the stock market um, than I ever thought I would. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs just kind of based on on the stock price, based on PR news and stuff, because uh, as part of the digital marketing team, we were also the communication uh, PR side of it as well. Yeah. hundred percent. So there was, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things that I learned for sure that I never, uh,
1: well, not just public, but it's also cannabis and super restrictive and you're trying to do marketing. So a lot of variables you have to juggle. And obviously you're, you're only what, two, three, four years into the industry at this point. So you're, you're new to it yourself. Yeah. So a big learning curve, I bet.
0: No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and this is something I kind of didn't, didn't mention along the way, but the way that I got the job was Supreme. Um, is because I founded this website and a company that I'm still a part of called AdCan, uh, which is basically a okay. Yeah. That
1: was back then. Yeah. So okay. I had actually
0: founded AdCan while I was still working at Weed Maps. Um, uh, just kind of, I say I founded it in my parents' basement because that's 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 exactly what happened. I had moved back uh, home to my parents' house uh, from downtown at the time, uh, and I was really I was working part time at Weed Maps, uh, going to school part time, and and was noticing all these billboards. Really, what inspired it was I was noticing all these billboards on my commute from Oakville to Toronto, I was living in Oakville at the time, going downtown yeah. Toronto, I was noticing billboards for cannabis companies and I knew that that wasn't permitted or at least I knew that there was some sort of regulation coming that wouldn't permit that. Uh, and I, I just couldn't find any articles online about it. I couldn't find any resources when I searched up, are these billboards allowed? Um, and so I think the very first article that I ever wrote for AdCan was an article about those billboards, uh, detailing like from Aurora and Canopy, Tweed, all the ones that I was seeing um, and just really starting to, yeah. to. I thought somebody should really be writing about and detailing uh, the evolution of cannabis marketing in Canada. Yeah. So I started writing articles about just all the different things I was seeing at different camp uh, product launches, campaigns, cool things I saw in the industry. Uh, and eventually, Adcan kind of turned into something bigger than that. It's it's a publication, but it's also uh, an, a yearly award show where we do uh, consumer uh, choice. Basically, people can vote uh, for their favorite brands, stores, uh, people in the cannabis industry. And the awards is really was kind of what put us on the map. The awards every year is a is a huge uh, generation.
1: For sure. That's what put Lyft on the map too. And Lyft is no longer with us. So I think maybe it's naturally you to kind of take over that area.
0: I mean, we, we are hoping so. And then, yeah, and on top of that, we also have like an agency directory and stuff. So basically when I founded AdCan, um, the first year when I did the awards, I was still the only, I was the sole person that created AdCan. I was the only employee of the company at the time. Um, I paid my own money to send trophies out to people because I didn't realize that I probably could have charged them for the trophies for the winners. And anyways, <laughs> one of those winners ended up being uh, the Supreme cannabis company, Seven Acres, was brand of the year. They won a few other categories in that too. Um, And on top of that, I really admired the brand. So I I kind of leveraged AdCan at the time to reach out to John Fowler, um, asked him for a job. He responded to an Instagram DM and uh, set it up. And yeah, that's kind of how I ended up working there. Bob's
1: your uncle. Well, you said you like Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, you're all about hustle, it, obviously. Nobody's forced you to go out there and do this. You got the vision and you you know, they say that uh, everything exists twice, right? First in your mind and then in reality, but only only if you just go after it. 100%. So that's pretty cool, man.
0: To be honest, I'm just uh, I'm so grateful and like I, my parents always tell me things all the time. Like it's it's such a blessing to be able to do what 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 we do and to be able to work in cannabis uh, every day. Like I couldn't imagine mm. waking up and hustling this hard for anything else. Really, I'm super passionate about the industry.
1: So let's move on. You did Supreme. You, you painted a you painted a bit of a picture there for us, um, and then you moved on to I guess your next gig is in Vancouver, THC Canada. Yeah,
0: correct, correct. So I've known the the founders of THC since back when I was working for WeepApps. One of the great things about when I was working for Weavemasters, they sent me calling all around Canada to go to the different conferences. I mean, you mentioned Lyft. I got to go to Lyft Conference, kind of in Vancouver and Toronto. Um, they also sent me to a lot of kind of the smaller shows, like the hemp marketing shows, the cannabis marketing shows. We attended all of those while I was working at Weedmaps. So I got to go to Edmonton, Calgary, and uh, yeah, different places in British Columbia, places on the east coast to do these shows. Uh, and while I was out there in Vancouver, I got to visit THC because we would do store visits as well, especially when we we're in British Columbia. Okay. And um, I was blown away by the store the first time that I walked there. Uh, I came around the corner and there was like a lineup around the corner, and I had. Never Never seen that before at a cannabis store. Wow. I never, yeah, thought about it when I got in there. They were selling all the the hypest brands on the on the market, like all the things that, that uh, kind of could quantify in weed maps were the most popular brands. They were selling everything that everyone was just looking for, and there's yeah, giant lineups. The the guys had this energy that I uh, I can't even explain. Like
1: THC Canada. I'm assuming this is post legalization. They're a licensed retailer. Were they in existence prior to legalization, or did they apply for license upon legalization and get into business?
0: So the time that uh, I'm describing when I was working for weed maps and that would have been back in 2016 2017 so they were licensed by the city of Vancouver um, Vancouver obviously had
1: their, right that's what vancouver was doing they had yeah. very
0: unique rules there. Where, like they're their only city uh giving lic- municipal licenses out to dispensaries so they were licensed as a medical a cannabis dispensary um since honestly prior to 2016 i believe uh around 2016 oh. and um, yeah they were they they had one of the kind of biggest social media followings one of the most awareness uh, kind of the biggest i guess at the time what, what would be called patient base um mm-hmm. out of any store in canada and they were really inspiring that they're, they're, uh, at the time it was two young guys running it spencer's uh, still the the owner and operator of of thc and um, just like they were in their twenties as well, I think they were they were my age, maybe twenty five, twenty six, when I back in twenty sixteen when I went there, and uh, they were just running this wow. super successful entity, and they were bringing people to this area that uh, really had no foot traffic. So they're based in we're based in South Vancouver, um, especially at the yeah. time. There's there's really not a whole lot else around there. It's a lot of residential areas. Um, the the area is called the Punjabi Market, um, but a lot of those oh, that's where yes, they are. Yeah.
1: Oh, I know yeah. where that is. That's like uh, Maine and Fifty. Exactly. Yeah, like Maine that, and
0: 49. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the area used to be very popular, but from what I understand, uh, a lot of the businesses and, and uh, residents ended up moving to places like Surrey and stuff like that, which left the area kind yeah. of a little...
1: The South Asian ones sure,
0: did. Which left the area a little bit more... Um, yeah, just not very busy. And when I when I ended up going there for the first time and seeing that they had lineups and they were bringing these people from all across the province, um, even sometimes people were driving from Alberta and places like that just to visit the shop. Uh, I knew they had something. Really, it was crazy. I knew they had something really special. Um, and so they yeah. they had been opened up and closed down a few different times, kind of having to to close and reopen as the regulations change. Uh, and I knew that when they op- reopened this last time um, in, in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. When I reopened in February of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, I just knew nothing could stop these guys. Like they've been through everything. They've been in the industry longer than anyone else. I've stayed in touch, um, with, with the THC guys for a long time, always just really admired kind of the way that they did their marketing and the way they did, uh, just sales and store and everything. And yeah, I, I stayed in touch. I, I was out honestly planning to go out there a little bit earlier than I did, but pandemic happened, and moving across the country wasn't super convenient. Um, so basically, yeah. I kind of moved there as, as soon as I could, and um, now I'm here. I'm the head of marketing at THC. I also bud tend a few days a week uh, just to kind of keep my keep my toes in the ground, keep my
1: finger on exactly, the pulse, yeah, yeah.
0: understanding understand our customers and everything. And I also help with the tags and stuff, but it's been a really amazing journey. And I think it's a really cool time to be in the retail space in the industry.
1: I just shifted my family from, I'm in Calgary now, but we shifted my family from Calgary to Vancouver Island this year, partially due to COVID. It was like the kick in the ass that we needed, right? But um, I can tell you, like moving province to province sucks. (laughs) It's really hard, man. And for you to say, hey, I'm going to take a job in Vancouver because you went all the way from Ontario. Yes, that's right. Yep. Like that in itself is a journey story, right? I mean, honestly, packing all your shit up and getting across the country as best as you can, settling in, and then uh, you know, anytime you do something like that, you probably go somewhere you don't have a lot of furniture, you don't have anything, you got to start from scratch again. It's hard, man. It's like a, it's a real commitment to to go over there and take a job like this.
0: You're right, and it was a very interesting time to do it for sure during <laughs> during the pandemic yeah. when traveling wasn't necessarily encouraged and everything. But uh, it was it was an no. important it was an important time to get out here, and obviously the uh, I had to get used to everything. I mean, when I was in Ontario, uh, like mask had been mandatory in Toronto for for months and then I got here to Vancouver and they right. weren't mandatory no one was married bass I was so I was uh, so that's
1: surprised. weird province to province yeah. I
0: mean things have caught up here now but uh yeah it was it was a very interesting journey man but it's it's been worth it and I think it was uh, I'm happy that I'm kind of not just, I mean, I I can't fault other people for doing this. This is what people should be doing, but I'm really happy that I'm kind of not just sitting at home wishing that I I could have taken this chance or done something, and that um, during this time, I'll look back at at what I was doing during the pandemic, and and I think I'll be proud of kind of the the work I've been putting in and the the risks I've been taking.
1: I think there's two ways uh, to approach something like this pandemic. There are those of us who kind of took advantage of the extra time and the change in our lifestyle and took on more hobbies or new things as best as you can. Obviously, there's limitations, so you can't help sometimes. Uh, And and then other people, um, not so much, and I think that has a real negative effect on you know mental well-being, that sort of thing, um, and just the fact that yeah we're all dealing with COVID and you know the nature of this pandemic and if you can build something in this time, it's, you know, it says something it's important. I think And I'm
0: still, I mean, obviously again, I have to acknowledge how how privileged I am that first of all, cannabis is deemed essential that we can still work in the cannabis industry. And also that, um, most of my work is kind of done through digital online, social media kind of things. Like there's so many people who, who can't uh, sit at home and do their work. So, yeah, I've been, I've been so lucky that yeah. throughout this whole time, I've been busier than ever. Honestly, never been as busy as I have been during since this started.
1: <laughs> well, talking about busy, now you've launched something called Certified Dank, and I watched episode one on YouTube. Tell it's, me what that is.
0: Yeah, so Certified Dank is something that uh, Nick and I, so Nick is uh, the head butt tender. Uh, he's kind of more than that, but I don't know what other title to give to him. Uh, THC, he's been part of the team since back in the days that I was telling you about in 2016. He came back to work for mm-hmm. THC very recently. So he's very knowledgeable. He's been making hash and growing cannabis and doing all those kind of things for a long time. Um, so him and I decided to create a, a legal cannabis review show where we'd give act- our actual opinions. Yeah. We thought that it would be pretty unique. There are some other reviewers online and some reviewers doing things on YouTube, but we thought it'd be super unique because we do have access to all the products on the market being uh, employees of the retailer. Of so we can bring in certain things if we want to try them. I mean, some retailers will even send us... Uh, samples and those kind of things um, so we can really kind of bring in uh, uh all the best types of products on the market and bring in our both our understanding of cannabis itself as a plant and then also the understand, uh, yeah. our understanding of kind of the different brands and offerings on the legal market and really give people an honest insight. Yeah. Uh, a big part of it, I mean, I keep going back to him within this interview, but a big part of it for me is I've always wanted to do something like this because of uh, because of Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, a big reason he got into everything <laughs> was the wine reviews, the wine library reviews that he started was kind of his first foray into uh, content. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, it, it's important, uh, a review show, and there, there really is no one kind of Giving it to you straight, and especially, I think people are going to be surprised that uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to be truthful, although we're bud and although these are products that we have to stock and sell in our store, uh, we're going to be truthful when things don't meet the mark and, and hit the mark. And yeah, well, you've got to be 100%. right.
1: If there's fluff, people are going to see that you're full of shit, and they're not going to want to watch it. They want to they want to know what to buy. When I go into uh, my store here, um, you, you've probably heard of Lake City Cannabis. He's my guy. Ryan. Oh, amazing! And I always go and like Ryan. Just tell me what I should get and why. Like I'm not getting fart around. I, I I respect his opinion. I, I want his opinion. You know what I mean? Because his hands are in it all day long. He knows what people are buying. He knows what people are saying. It's, there's too much out there for a consumer like me. So to have a program where you guys actually give us the goods and say, this is okay, but here's why we like or don't like it, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Now I know. It's like a review of anything. Before you go into Amazon and buy something, you look for some reviews, right? Same thing.
0: That's exactly it. I mean, it's, uh, it's establishing – we're just trying to establish trust between us as, as people, but obviously it will – uh, yeah. You know, it will benefit THC as an entity as well. If people can trust us that you know we try our products, and we actually we're actually truthful. We tell our yeah. customers the truth too. Like um, we we tell our customers the same thing that we'll tell the reviews. So, yeah, no, it's it's been a, yeah, fair. It's been a cool experience.
1: As a guy who's done uh, cannabis podcasting now for like three to four years, I feel like an old guy already because um, cannabis media comes and goes like constantly. There's a new thing out there and they're like this is a new thing a new podcast whatever and then a couple years later they kind of fizzle out and I think part of it is that it's hard to generate revenue it's almost impossible to get sponsors so that you have to have that balance between putting out good content um, but not putting so much work into it for very little pay that it's not worth your time you know what i mean yeah. and that's why i was telling you before i was started doing video and i was like i'm gonna do videos now i'm gonna step it up and then i was like holy shit this is taking me like six hours to edit and i don't have a sponsor right now and it's like you know what i mean and you kind of go okay so what do you where's that balance Yeah, you got so that i can create content but not burn myself out with
0: it. no 100 percent agreed i mean uh i mean there was a one point in the industry where there was uh, a lot of uh, dumb and exuberant money being thrown around but now it's uh it's a lot more yeah. steps so, i mean it, yeah, you have to be. You have to be bringing value, but also, yeah, just understanding that return on investment, and not burning yourself out on things that aren't going to have any ROI. Uh, 100% agree.
1: <laughs> for sure, if you can make money doing this, you're the man. And maybe down the road, it'll make more sense for us. For those of us who stay with it, right, the, the Gary Vaynerchuk sort of uh, philosophy of hustling, but also sticking. Yeah, to Yeah,
0: and it. I mean, you never know. You never know what piece of content is going to be the one to blow up, right? And uh, and I think we kind of yeah. touched on it before, but I mean uh like in the cannabis industry if you can if you can stay in business longer like if you can stay in business and hold your breath longer than everyone else uh, i think eventually you'll win i mean like the the companies like lyft and a lot of um a lot of other companies like that they they are going out of business and i mean there's going to be like a lot of opportunity in white space for for media companies and for other cannabis uh, companies Mm -hmm. to kind of swoop in there in the future um it's really just all about finding yeah finding your way to be able to keep your head above water while kind of creating all this content and, and establishing yourself.
1: If you don't have a genuine passion for doing it, it's gonna be impossible to do it forever. For
0: sure. And the way I think about it is I am I am twenty five and I do plan on being in industry for literally the next forty years at the bare minimum. So I mean I have to I have to think about it in those terms. Um, I can't think about it as like a. You do, right? So
1: pace yourself. That's my (laughs) advice to you as an old man to a young man. Pace yourself. But you're doing wicked stuff. I appreciate it. Okay. So, last question. Actually, no, I got two more for you. Let's do this. Name me a product in the legal marketplace that you love right now. Like, what should I go down to buy next? Anything, whether it be, you know, just flour, oil vapes, whatever
0: the best product or a product that's exciting me on the legal market right now?
1: Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Plug, plug one thing that I should buy. Okay, next. cool. If we're just
0: going to narrow it down to one thing, um, this wouldn't usually be a plug that I would give because I never thought I would ever smoke pre-rolls. Uh, but black market, uh, uh for the brand from G tech has released these two pre-rolls, the cherry punch and the peanut butter Mac recently. They're one gram pre-rolls yeah. and there's just so many, uh, selling points and, First of all, like again, I, I never really thought I would smoke pre rolls. I'm a huge flower guy. I like the highest quality flower, but I find myself picking yeah. up a peanut butter mac pre roll on the way home to the shop. A lot of the times, they smoke so well. They come in these crazy glass tubes, which is no other uh, pre rolls kind of have this. they have really nice. Glass oh yeah, I've seen that. Keep it super fresh. Um, the paper is almost always wet with terpenes on it, it and it's a uh, yeah. They they just smoke great. So I just would say that those pre-rolls have been uh, definitely impressing me lately. And then also just want to give a shout out to the strain Karma from Dunn Cannabis. Uh, This is one of the nicest strains I've ever smoked on the legal market. We have it on our quote unquote secret menu right now in THC because we just have such a limited amount. Uh, But it's uh, his cross that he made in house called Acai Gelato Mints is the cross. Uh, And it's just this Just such a nice smoke. Um, Definitely is comparable to some of the nicest weed that I've ever smoked kind of from the the, uh, informal market as well. So I just want to give a shout out to Don here as well.
1: All right. Well, I got no issues rolling a joint when I need to. um, But quite frankly, I will buy pre-rolls because I'm lazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I learned since working at a shop is there's actually a huge market of people who uh, almost exclusively buy pre-rolls. Like I I thought it was more of the people like they would pick up some cannabis and then maybe pick up a pre-roll for on the way home or something. But no, there's lots of people who just smoke pre-rolls. And I mean, yeah, there's some high quality options now.
1: All right, so where are you going from here? What's the the next step for you?
0: Next step. So, I mean, uh, short term, I guess there'd be two different things I'm working on, but I really do think that by this time next year, uh, I, I think and I want uh, THC to be on just kind of the, the tips of everyone's lips. So when everyone, everyone is talking about Cannabis industry, which cannabis retail stores are uh, breaking ground and really doing amazing things in both marketing and also just customer experience. Um, I want everyone to mention THC and yeah. think of THC, especially when they think of the West Coast. So I think uh, I have a huge challenge ahead of me of doing that. But I really think that through it, the next year, we're going to become one of the top names in can- Canadian cannabis retail uh, among both consumers and kind of the, the industry industry insiders as well. And then uh, I'm building AdCan and we may or may not be launching um, another uh, service and company very similar to AdCan soon as well. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff I'm doing. I mean, I think the, the cannabis industry, uh, although a lot of people aren't necessarily as, as excited about it as they were back in you know pre-legalization days, I'm more excited than ever. And I think things are only going to be getting better. I think the smarter companies, the uh, the smarter money and everything is kind of flocking to the industry now. And I'm really excited to continue uh, tracking that progression through AdCan, through my articles and through my writing, uh, through insights on social media, uh, and then, yeah, helping helping brands and helping stores and others connect with consumers. I think uh, those are all the next steps for me.
1: Yeah. If somebody wants to find out more about you, where do they find you?
0: Uh, you could go to colinbambury.com. Uh, you could also find me on Twitter at Colin Bambury. My Instagram name is just Colin Bam, C-O-L-I-N-B-A-M. Uh, yeah, I definitely connect with me on on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, Hit me up anytime. Visit my website if you do want to check out AdCan. That's A-D-C-A-N-N dot C-A. Uh, We have a lot of great stuff there, especially for cannabis marketers. We really do try to put a lot of free content out there uh, for people looking to get into the industry and people who are learning to try to take their marketing to the next level. Um, Yeah, you can find me on any of those, and I really appreciate you having me on today, Michael.
1: I'm glad to have you, brother. I enjoy following you online, like I said. You're (laughs) you're one of the good ones, one of the smart ones. You always say interesting things. So Uh, Thanks for doing it, too. Oh, and don't forget Certified Dank.
0: Yes. Please check out Certified Tank and please check out Compound TV, which is where we host all of our kind of different episodes about uh, Dank Mart, THC, and all the different businesses here in Vancouver. Um, but definitely check out Certified Dank episode one's already out. Episode two will be dropping this week, so it'll probably be out uh, pretty soon after this drops. Um, so definitely check us out. It's just Compound TV is the YouTube channel.
1: Thanks for doing this, man.
0: Thank you so much, Michael. Have a great night, man.
1: Shout out to Colin for being such a good sport and joining me to talk about what he does. Don't forget to follow him on your social media channel of choice. Check out ADCAN, that's A-D-C-A-N-N dot C-A, his new show Certified Dank, and of course, if you're in the Vancouver area, go visit him at THC Canada on Main Street and 49th. And hey, if you like what I do, make sure you subscribe. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore insiders pod or check out all the rest of the work that I do at distinctmedia.ca. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Insiders Podcast. We do our very best to be as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If a topic interests you, we're happy to have brought it to your attention. But please take the time to research the details for yourself. To find out more about Insiders Podcast and all of the work that we do, check out distinctmedia.ca.